Hello everyone and welcome back to another odd and macabre episode of Vamp Jen's Corner, an extension of my official blog site of the same name, which you can visit at jenvasquez.com. I'll include links in the show notes to where you can find the blog post version of this episode and any relevant links to the content discussed. Some of you may have suspected by my website name, Vamp Jen's Corner, that I am fascinated with vampires. I'll admit, my fascination borders on obsession. Although my initial introduction to these figures was Sesame Street's Count on Count, it was Anne Rice's The Vampire Chronicles that had me spellbound by these undead creatures. They exude mystery and possess multifaceted natures. Although they have a voracious appetite for human blood, we mortals cannot help but be entranced. They've been presented in many lights, from ghastly to charming, cruel to caring, repellent to sexy. So I thought, why not share with you some of the vampires with whom I have fallen in love over the years? The figures I'll be discussing are ones that, in my opinion, have been influential in shaping the vampire image in both history and pop culture. But this is not a definitive list. Here they are presented in chronological order. First, we have Lilith. On a side note, Lilith is not included in the original blog post version of this episode. As I started to prepare for this recording, I was aghast that I left her out to begin with. And you'll find out why right now. There's a wealth of information out there on Lilith, and I'm only going to briefly touch upon how she connects to the vampire myth. Scholars have found the earliest mentions of Lilith to be somewhere around 500 AD in Jewish texts, but this figure could actually date back well before under other guises. The origins of the dark goddess may have roots in ancient Mesopotamian religion, where she was depicted as a female demon. Certain Sumerian myths are said to mention female vampires called Lilu, and Mesopotamian tales speak of succubi referred to as Lilin. Both types were creatures that preyed upon humans, mainly men, in their sleep. There are other accounts portraying Lilith as a cannibal, sucking the blood of the men she visited at night, and even consuming their flesh. Some conjecture these stories are related to the Lamia, another mythological female character that has an unquenchable thirst for human blood. All of these legends regarding Lilith throughout the centuries would inspire countless artists and writers to imagine her in a multitude of monstrous, seductive, and powerful forms. And her hunger for sanguine fluid that seems to be one of the major elements to appear in stories about her makes it apparent why she'd inspire and become part of the vampire mythos. In present day pop culture, Lilith as a vampire character has appeared in the film 30 Days of Night, Dark Days and the TV series True Blood. She's also featured in White Wolf Games' Vampire the Masquerade. The vampires in author J. Wells' book series, Sabina Kane, are descendants of Kane and Lilith. Considering all of this, I don't think it's too bold to say that Lilith can be viewed as the mother of all vampires. Again, this is only a brief explanation of her connection to the vampire myth, but Lilith has long fascinated me, and once I do more research and am comfortable with my knowledge of her, maybe I'll dedicate an entire blog post and podcast episode to the figure.
When discussing vampires, I think most of us would agree that it's a must to mention Vlad the Impaler, aka Vlad Dracula. Although his birth and death dates are not conclusive, the general range of years given is between 1431 to 1476. Many popular vampire legends we know today began from the mystery surrounding this man. Although there is no concrete evidence, it's possible that Vlad Tepes III was the inspiration behind Bram Stoker's renowned horror novel, Dracula. Vlad, Prince of Wallachia, was born in Transylvania, Romania, a region synonymous with vampire folklore. Both glorified and vilified in his time, he was part of a militant fraternity called Order of the Dragon. He was raised surrounded by combat and carnage and became infamous for impaling his enemies on stakes. Was Vlad a real vampire? Although that can't be proven, as a warrior, he definitely had a thirst for blood. For anyone interested in learning more about this figure, I recommend looking into In Search of Dracula by Radu Florescu and Raymond T. McNally. It was one of the first books I read on Dracula when I was a teen, and it contains some really fascinating details that you may want to check out. Now let's talk about Elizabeth Bathory, who lived between 1560 and 1614. She is the Hungarian countess who purportedly drank and bathed in the blood of young women to maintain a youthful appearance. Her lust to preserve her own vitality is reminiscent of never-aging vampires. The countess was accused of torturing and murdering more than 600 females with the aid of accomplices. Although she never went to trial, three of her servants suspected of assisting her were executed. Elizabeth was forced to live out the rest of her years in her quarters at Castle Chakitsa. Forgive me if I mispronounced that. I did my best to research the correct pronunciation of the word. There is speculation regarding how much of the horrendous tale is fact. Despite that, our fascination with her has yet to cease. In American Horror Story Hotel, Lady Gaga played Countess Elizabeth Johnson, a vampire character who seemed to be inspired by the historical figure. Joseph Sheridan Le Fanu's gothic novella Carmilla was published in 1872 and is one of the earliest works of vampire fiction. Many people do not realize that this narrative predates Bram Stoker's Dracula. It is a story of a young woman who is lured by female vampire Carmilla. The story was ahead of its time in terms of the homosexual and lesbian themes that underlie the plot notions of seduction and sensuality that have come to be associated with the vampire figure are present in this narrative. Now we come to the fictional character Dracula of Bram Stoker's 1897 novel. This is the most widely recognized work of vampire fiction. Even those who haven't read the 19th century book know that it's about a blood-sucking vampire. 
Bram Stoker's Dracula has had many film adaptations, and it's this character that has permeated into pop culture. I mentioned before that scholars haven't been able to ascertain whether Stoker modeled his vampire off Vlad the Impaler, but it is known that the author spent years studying European and vampire folklore and took a great interest in Emily Gerard's 1885 essay Transylvania Superstitions. Another very notable vampire figure is Count Orlok of the 1922 silent film Nosferatu. This was one of the first film adaptations of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Instead of a vampire that charms the audience with his looks, this undead creature's appearance is spine-tingling. I was lucky enough to see it on the big screen a few years ago when it was featured at the theater at Ace Hotel in LA during the Halloween season. Since the original orchestral score of the film has been lost, the Los Angeles Opera reimagined the music and the soundtrack was conducted live while the movie played. It was an unforgettable experience to say the least. Lestat the Brat Prince, how I adore you. The star of the Vampire Chronicles, Lestat has transformed the image of the undead. He first appeared in Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire, published in 1976, where we see a compassionless and selfish creature. It isn't until the second book of the series, The Vampire Lestat, where we begin to learn his story and continue this journey with him several books later. Lestat is a deeply complex figure, and the vampire he represents goes beyond an immortal predator with fangs. The beauty lies in how Anne Rice shows the duality in his nature and the ceaseless internal struggle between human and inhuman urges. I am a total fan of Anne Rice and her Vampire Chronicle series. As a teen, she is the author that completely drew me to the whole vampire figure and is why I continue to be fascinated with vampires today. If you haven't read the Vampire Chronicles, I definitely suggest that you do. Now let's talk about Vampire Hunter D. Based on the Japanese novels by Haruki Kikuchi, Vampire Hunter D was made into an animated film in 1985. The follow-up to the first movie, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, released in 2000, was my introduction to this character. Hunter D is a beguiling and tortured soul. He is a dumb peer, half human, half vampire, who hunts the undead. The stories are set in a post-apocalyptic world and contain elements of science fiction, horror, gothic fiction, the occult, romance, and fantasy. I really enjoyed both of the films, and although I have yet to read the series, it's definitely on my to-do list. Mm -hmm. 
I absolutely love the Underworld films, so I had to include Celine, the maid protagonist, on this list. There are five parts in the saga, with the first movie being released back in 2003 and the most recent in 2016. For those unfamiliar with the series, it focuses on the war between vampires and the Lycan clan. It's a vampire story for the new millennium and reminds me of the Matrix trilogy in certain ways. The dark and futuristic setting, the soundtracks, plus Kate Beckinsale as Celine make the movies compelling. Who can resist a dominant female vampire who kicks ass while donning a black latex bodysuit? I couldn't help but think of Lestat when I saw Tom Hiddleston as tortured vampire musician Adam in the 2013 film Only Lovers Left Alive. A darkly poetic film, it follows immortals Adam and Eve, played by Tilda Swinton. The pair draws you into their complicated world that is made more difficult when Eve's uncontrollable sister Ava, played by Mia Wasikowska, shows up unexpectedly. The movie is not a typical vampire tale and reveals how these characters are plagued by the same vulnerabilities as humans. Rounding out this selection are the characters Dracula and Alucard of the show Castlevania. Originally a horror video game, Castlevania is now an animated series streaming on Netflix. The Dracula of this TV show is based on Vlad Tepesh III, who seeks to avenge the murder of his human wife, who was killed by men by taking out his rage on humanity. His son, Alucard, does not agree with his father's agenda to destroy all mortal life, so a battle ensues. The show debuted on Netflix back in 2017 and currently there are three seasons. So if you haven't, I definitely recommend uh, binge watching it. It's on Netflix and I'm keeping my fingers crossed that a season four is releasing soon. Of course, there is a wealth of vampire-inspired literature, art, films, and more that could be added to this list, but what I've talked about here hopefully gives you a good taste of a few of the incredible blood-sucking night creatures that are out there. And although the title says 10 of the most intriguing vampires of legend and lore, I believe I mentioned a few more. Before concluding, I want to share with you a favorite quote of mine from Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire, spoken by vampire Louis de Pontulac. I had seen my becoming a vampire in two lights. The first light was simply enchantment. Lestat had overwhelmed me on my deathbed. But the other light was my wish for self-destruction, my desire to be thoroughly damned. I feel this statement beautifully demonstrates the duality of the vampiric nature that I believe is partly what continues to fascinate us about these nocturnal figures. And I just wanted to share it with you all. Well, thank you for joining me on another episode of VampGen's Corner. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can visit my official website at jenboskis.com where you'll find my latest content and what I've been up to. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at jenvofficial. Until next time, stay autumn macabre.